Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching. And the legacy has been tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, please! Please! Send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, stories, sermons, articles, anything wretched, please! Send it to idea at wretched.org. All right, we start with Derek, who says, Mr. Mr. Friel. Mr. 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 Friel. Better. I missed it. I'm sorry. It's my fault. What are your thoughts on all of these new T-shirts that say, y'all need Jesus? Well, I've heard worse than that. It's it's the ones where we take a slogan from a company. Uh, uh, Jesus is the real thing. Okay, that's 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 the uh, old Coke slogan. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's the real thing. Wow. I'm so glad I can remember that, but not what I read in my Bible this morning. Some T-shirts are better than others. I think I think that some can actually be good and effective. It's sort of like church signs. They can be good. They can be stinkers. The only judgment that I might render on y'all need Jesus is y'all. I'm not sure that's proper grammar, and that is important, but that one's not bad because everybody does need Jesus, and it might actually start a conversation. Jimmy, you weren't around 20 years ago. Well, you were around, but you weren't around here 20 no, years ago. Correct. We were, was it, I was at the Cinderblock Bunker in the middle of a field known as KKMS AM 980, more spirited talk radio. See what, see what we did there? We created a t-shirt based on Ray Comfort's very, um, um, like the most important question, the question that brings you right to the heart of an evangelistic conversation, would you consider yourself to be a good person? That gets you there just as quickly as, so what do you think about Easter? You're just, boom, you're right into it with that question. So we created a shirt that said, would you consider yourself to be a good person? Because we thought people would get those shirts so that they could witness to people. Well, guess what? People didn't get those shirts because it would cause them to witness to people. Kind of. Kind of had the opposite. You know, marketing ain't always so easy. T-shirts can indeed start an evangelistic encounter if we are wise. Anytime we try to sloganize Christianity, whether it's in bumper sticker form, church sign form, or T-shirt form, if we aren't careful, we could communicate the wrong message. And just another consideration, incidentally, and this maybe isn't as... Mm, likely, perhaps, as the fish symbol on the back of your car. But if you're driving down the street, you pull a boneheaded move that you don't even know about, and there's a pagan behind you, and he sees your fish bumper sticker. 
Yeah, yeah, that's those Christians. Come on, we've done it too. Somebody does a bad move, they're driving a Subaru. Yep, those progressives, there it is right there. We just want to be careful that if we are putting a Christian message on our person or on our vehicle, that we aren't doing anything to undermine the message that we'd like to deliver. Idea at wretched.org. You know my favorite Christian t-shirt? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Christian t-shirt, but you know my favorite shirt? Mm. It's got the picture of a taco on it. it says, oh, no. You want a taco about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and it shouldn't be embarrassing and punny. Nope. Yeah. You know what? As a as a rule, I, I no, I'm going to go a step further. It's a sin to make puns regarding anything Christian. <laughs> it's just a sin. Stop it. Everybody stop with the punny statements about Jesus. Want a taco about Jesus? <laughs> What's the one about the, the choir? Oh, uh, singers want it in choir within that's a sin that's what that is right there that is just a <laughs> sin hilarious <laughs> idea at wretched.org all right this comes from brett says hello mr friel i'm wondering what the difference between wanting something and coveting something is you gotta have it and you don't think the person who does have it should have it it's okay to desire things in fact you can see somebody who has something that you don't go boy that would be nice Ain't nothing wrong with that. God allows us to have biblical desires of our heart, and he's inclined to grant those things regularly and often. But when we need, I got to have, that guy shouldn't have that, or I'm miserable because I don't have that, that's when you cross the line into coveting. Perhaps this incentive to keep you from doing that, it ain't good for us. When I just, oh, man, why can't I have that? Why doesn't my effort produce that kind of fruit? Uh, it's just, it, it's just. I think it develops a bitter root in, inside of us that is really very, very difficult to extract. So have desires that are biblical. This, by the way, is what it means to pray in the name of Jesus, I believe. And we tend to just tack it on because you can't finish a prayer. <laughs> I was with somebody. <laughs> We were praying, and the, the, the person ended praying, and it was like kind of um, a million miles away from saying in Jesus' name. And so in G- so he thought, I better pray a little bit more and get the thing back on track so that I can end this thing in Jesus' name because that's the way we just do it. And that is fine to do that. But I think it's more than just a nota bene to our prayers. It's praying in alignment with Jesus' will. Praying in his name is asking for the stuff that he desires, that he wants. Then my my requests are in alignment with his desires. And when you desire things correctly, when you desire things that are perfectly biblical, uh, God is fine with that. And just don't think that you gots to have it and hate those who do happen to have it. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Chris. Mr. Friel, my wife and I have three boys, ages five, three, and one. Is there any advice you can give on when the talk should happen? Okay. Here's when I think the talk should happen. I think there's two guidelines for this. Number one, the talk should. Now, remember, should. I didn't say must. Should happen when you determine it should happen. 
Okay, that's that's when it should happen. Rule number two, if others are talking to your children before you want them to learn certain information, then it's time for the talk. You got to be there, mom and dad. You got you got to know what information is being downloaded, even into your kindergartner, because if the world is teaching them, then we got to be there to counter that or we've got to be there to extract them from that. We, we, we're going to have to be having these conversations at appropriate levels at younger and younger ages. However, we might even have to have some things that are conversations that are downright inappropriate. I'm telling you what they are teaching K through two is staggering. It is absolutely mind blowing. And that's K through two, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Um, you should know. I, I just don't want to use the words. I don't want to tell you. I know what they're teaching them. I just don't want to. I don't care to talk like that. If the world is talking to them like that, then it's time for you to talk to them about that. And I'm sorry for that, but that's the world we live in. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Sarah. Hello, Wretched Mr. Friel. Uh, I hear this emphatically all of the time in Bible studies. You can't love others until you love yourself. Unless you love yourself. Yeah. And my response has always been, but that's our problem. We do <laughs> love ourselves a lot. And then the response I usually get is, yeah, but there are a lot of people who hate themselves. So what's the best way to respond without sounding like uh, we should dislike ourselves? Yeah, no, nobody hates themselves. Nobody. We... Jesus made that clear. Love your neighbor the way you love yourself, except for those people who actually hate themselves. Then you shouldn't, don't do that because that would be, hey, and no, everybody, we all love ourselves a lot. And and uh, where did I, I was just reading. Oh, I think it's in a book. Yes. No, wait, I'm not ready yet. I was just reading about the subject of pride, that it is the sin it is, it is the root of all sins. And it was a bunch of people. It was quotes from everybody ranging from C.S. Lewis to Augustine or Augustine, depending on whether you live in Florida or not. And everybody recognizes that the, the sin of pride is lurking behind every bad decision, poorly uttered word, and every terrible thing that we do, pride is right there. Because we love ourselves in abundance. It's as if Jesus, he was saying, here's the, here's the preeminent amount of love you can show to your neighbor. The amount you love yourself. And we don't see a verse in the Bible that says there are those who really hate themselves. Because those who hate themselves, more likely, if you help them think it through a little bit, they're just disappointed, sad, heartbroken that life isn't the way they believe it should be and they're not living the life they think they deserve. Because we all love ourselves. This is Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Reborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Are you, like the rest of us, tired of the same old Christian TV shows? Well, then look no further than Transformed. Season 2 has just been released. If you saw Season 1, then you know Transformed is not your typical Christian production. It offers a unique perspective on biblical counseling by sharing the stories and struggles of people with real issues who are seeking real solutions. I seem to be singled out for mistreatment. Dr. Greg Gifford, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University hosts the show together with Dale Johnson, Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. By viewing our circumstances first and not who God is, our judgment's clouded and Cain is a great example of that. If you're ready to transform your walk with Christ with a profound and lasting impact, Transform Season 2 is available now at wretched.org slash store. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa, would you please Consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Irenaeus was an apologist and disciple of Polycarp, who was a disciple of the Apostle John. He served as the Bishop of Lyon and wrote against heresies, a refutation of Gnosticism and Docetism in which he demonstrated the coherence and necessity of the Incarnation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Questions, comments, conundrums, uh, snarks, please send to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, Yes. I hate to interrupt because okay. you're the man who's steering the ship, but I've got an email that I just have to share because it's that important. Okay. Dear Todd, thank you so much for informing us about MediShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing. We were scrambling trying to figure out how to make sure that our family can stay healthy and the traditional insurance stuff was just driving us bonkers. But then we learned about MediShare on Wretched Radio. We called them up. It took two minutes. We got a quote and we're saving on average $500 a month. And we're so grateful that they have teledocs. And we've learned by experience, they are better because of their customer satisfaction rates. Affordable biblical health sharing 
was a great recommendation to send people to metashare.com slash wretched metashare.com slash wretched or call 1-844-34-BIBLE. Get a quote. They'll pray for you. Sincerely, now the name is smudged out here. I'm sorry. Why don't why don't you just take over again? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one comes from... It could have been an email like that. Yeah, there could have been. I mean, some people have said thank you. Yeah. I maybe embellished it a bit, but just... Truth really matter these days. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Idea at org. All right. From Mike, who says, uh, Todd, should Christians say I'm proud of you or be proud of someone? That's a tricky one because the word pride is something that can be bad. It really and it can be good. It's a feeling. It's a sense. It's an attitude. And as is true, in my opinion, With every emotion, there can be a sinful and a non-sinful expression of it. So do I think that, incidentally, if you want to just try something that's really tricky, try to define any emotion without using any other emotional words. What does it feel like to be in love? Uh, Well, you know, it feels like, um, you know, when you're happy, sorry, that's another emotion. Okay, so like when you just feel content, that's another emotion right there. It's really hard. So how would I define pride? Well, in a sinful way, (laughs) let me tell you. Let me just tell you about my kids. Jimmy, I don't know if I mentioned my daughter's getting her master's degree in statistical analysis. Which is true, but to say it that way is is a puffed-up attitude. It, it's it's one that says, I'm better or my situation is better. That's a sinful pride. But I don't think it's sin to go, my daughter, it's amazing. I'm so proud of her because she's applying herself. She's taken the mathematical skills that were embedded into her DNA from her father. And she's actually, and she's killing it. She's just killing it. 4.0 is where she's at. 4.0 in statistical analysis. Way to go, daughter. Nothing wrong with that. Idea at wretched.org. I think that's probably from her mother. But anyway. The answer to that question? What's that? What are you referring to was downloaded from her mother? <laughs> the mathematical skills? Yes, her aptitude in that. I've got three reasons oh. that I think you're wrong. Okay. Number one, I'm good at math. Number two, Haley's a lot like me. Three reasons right there. <laughs> <laughs> idea at wretched.org there's you know there's there's three kinds of people don't you jimmy what's that the people who are good at math and people who aren't yeah yeah <laughs> okay uh this one comes from jacob let's just move on hello mr freel my name late for that yeah my name's jacob my church is cu- currently struggling with whether or not we can use preferred pronouns and, oh. and preferred names without sinning Currently, 75% of our 20-something elders believe we can use preferred pronouns and preferred names. As it would maintain a relationship with someone who needs to hear the gospel, they equate this to meat being sacrificed to idols. Yeah. Yeah, You know. (laughs) (laughs) My, My increasing conviction is we, we, we can't play these gender games. We, we, we can't encourage delusion. I, I, 
I understand a Christian, tender-hearted, doesn't want to offend somebody. They don't want to agitate somebody. They, they perhaps, they perhaps. Now this can be valid, incidentally. They're they're kind of thinking long term. Okay, I just met this person. I, I would like to endear myself to this person because I have every intention of helping him understand he's a her. Him understand she's a her. Oh, this pronoun. Th- By the way, I saw some new pronouns that were being introduced. Because you got Zim and Zip and Zer and Zed and all of those. Yes. It's 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 just getting crazy. And it's like, who decides we've got a new set of pronouns? It's like Click and Flucknane. Something <laughs> like that. What? Are you what is this some romper room when it comes to language? I can understand that you want to make sure that the person doesn't get put off before you can help them to think better. But I think as a rule, we've got to be willing to say, I am so sorry that I cannot accommodate your desire for me to use a pronoun that I think is wrong. Awkward? Yeah. Loving? Absolutely. This is Proverbs 27. Better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Concealed love ain't a gift. It isn't a kindness. Speaking truth in love is the nicest and best thing we can do for somebody who's so confused. What would I do if my church decided to do the pronoun dance? Well, I suspect there might be other things going on. And it's an indicator of bad things to come because I think, I think if that's the policy, it's it's a compromised position and there might be other things. Would I leave over just that? Uh, depends on what my options were. Depends on if I could maybe go to a better place. But if that's the best that there is in town, uh, I think that I would learn to endure it as the Pastor preaches Plucknane's sermon. Idea at Wretched. I think I got that right. The uh, pastor identifies as Plucknane. Okay. Mm-hmm. Idea at Wretched.org. All right. This one's from Kyle. Todd, what are your thoughts on the holistic living fad among Christians? Anti-vax, raw milk, home births. Mm. Is it fear-based living or smart? Okay. So holistic, not an all-informed, uh, multifaceted life. It's like healthy-istic. Right. So what was it? The raw, raw milk? Raw milk, home births, anti-vax. That's up to you. It's up to you. That's the way that you choose to lead your family and treat your body. Up to you. It, it isn't the way that my family does it, but that don't mean nothing. You have liberty with those things. Just Just make sure that as you go about the business of researching some of these things, Do all of the research that you can. In other words, read the stuff that you're not inclined to agree with. It's always a healthy exercise to do that so that you don't find yourself falling into a convictional lifestyle that demands you make decisions that probably aren't the wisest in our 21st century culture. Liberty. There is liberty when it comes to diet and whether or not you choose to vaccinate. That That is up. To you, idea at wretched.org. All right, this one's from Ethan. Hello, Mr. Friel. Uh, I also love my John MacArthur Study Bible, as I know you do too. But I was wondering your thoughts on some of the other ones, like the Life Application Study Bible. (laughs) 
you know why I'm groaning? Why? Because it's going to be super hard not to talk about our Master's Academy International program sending John MacArthur study Bibles to the Philippines. You can learn more at wretched.org slash Bible. Imagine receiving not just a Bible for the first time, but a MacArthur study Bible. You know how much you love yours. Imagine how much our brothers and sisters in the Philippines who can't afford a Bible, let alone a study Bible, will feel when you provide them with the Word of God with study notes. You're going to be bringing them so much joy, and it's going to strengthen the church, families, classrooms. It'll help the Philippines. Not exaggerating. Learn more, wretched.org slash Bible. What about, what was the one called the life application? Yeah, study Bible. Yeah, I've got one of those. I mean, I got a lot of Bibles, but I've got one of those, and I've read through them. Um, would I, would I condemn it? Like, oh, you got to burn it? No, but I would recognize that it's it's application as opposed to explanation, which is more of what the MacArthur Study Bible has. There is some application, but there's more explanation. These life application study Bibles, they have a tendency to just be application, and they tend to be very Jewish. This is this is how God feels about you and why you are so loved and you and it it has a t- it's trying to encourage and I appreciate that because we all need that, don't we? But it tends to be very imbalanced in that regard. So I just think there's better. I I I don't think it's t- now. If you had like the Message Bible with life application notes, that. I would I would light a match immediately and get on that burning project. But if you've got one, you can use it if you want to look and compare, just like you do any sort of comparative study. But a MacArthur Study Bible is way better. Wretched.org slash Bible. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched News on Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. First up today in Calgary, a Christian pastor was arrested at his home for protesting, get this, at a children's drag queen event. It's apparently not okay to speak out against the sexualization of children, but it is okay to dress them up in drag and parade them around like show ponies. It is a strange world, a really strange world we're living in currently. We move on to Washington, where a bill is advancing that would create a sanctuary for abortion, transgender drugs, and surgeries. Washington wants to be a place of protection for those who don't want to protect innocent children. But wait, there's more. Children in Africa are currently being recruited into homosexuality. Actually, it's some kind of weird pyramid scheme that's going on. Children are being recruited and paid to be filmed making homosexual pornography and then paid even more if they recruit others. Is it too much to ask to go back to the old days, you know, when we just let kids be kids? Also, is it too much to ask for businesses and corporations to stop forcing their ideology on the rest of us? Take Hershey's, for instance. The Pennsylvania company has just released an advertisement for International Women's Day. Normally, that wouldn't be a problem if they used an actual woman in their ad, but instead, they chose to use a man pretending to be a woman, and that's somehow supposed to celebrate women? I'm not a smart man, I freely admit that, but... 
I don't think that's how that works. Recently, a video surfaced of a, quote, family-friendly drag show in Britain. I watched this, and I do not recommend that you go looking for it. It is disturbing and disgusting to see half-dressed people dancing provocatively and very sexually as children look on, which should leave us with the words of the Reverend Calvin Robinson ringing in our ears. Ask not why your children need to spend time with drag queens. Ask why drag queens are so keen to spend time with your children. And finally, New York Mayor Eric Adams has publicly declared that he is a child of God. I can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official. When I put policies in place, I put them in with a God-like approach to them. Normally, I would give that comment a hearty amen, but this is Eric Adams after all. Here in New York, we are happy to say we are gay. How does he put policy in place again? With a godlike approach to them. I don't think it means what you think it means. In a world where children are being sexualized, babies are being murdered, and the truth is being silenced, listen, it is important that we, as Christians, stand on our biblical principles. We can be gracious. We must be gracious. But we must also never compromise our values. Let kids be kids, and let truth be truth. There's not your truth, and there's not my truth. There's one truth, and it comes from truth himself, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Zephaniah begins with a shocking prophecy that God will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. But in the midst of judgment, God offers hope of salvation. Zephaniah gives us a picture of God's terrible wrath and reminds us of the wrath Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Flee to the Savior and be saved. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Emails. Send your emails to idea at wretched.org, please. This is Wretched Radio. Don't forget about sermons. Articles from afar. You're in a foreign country and you think it's wretched. Please send it to idea at wretched.org. Okay, this one comes from John, who says, Todd, is the shunning of Christians something that we should still be doing today? Do we shun people just because they have different opinions of us Mm. or different opinions than us? The answer to this question is a definitive yes, no. Do we shun? Well, I'm not nuts about the word. I prefer the biblical language that we find in Matthew 18, 1 Corinthians 5, that if somebody is persisting in sin, unrepentant, willful lifestyle of sin, and they've been warned, then the body sets them out as a loving act to startle them. Hey, come back. Reveal that you're merely a wandering sheep and not a lost goat. We love you so much. We're so concerned that you are ACDCing that we want you to be set out from the body and we're not going to have contact with you. You can call that shunning if you like. I just think it has too much baggage. It sounds too cultish to me. So let's use the biblical language. Yes, there are those times. They're far more rare than just meeting a Christian you disagree with. But it should be happening. Your church, if it never has church discipline, something is a little off in your church. Even if it's a small church. Remember, the average size church, by the way, in this country is 75 souls. So if you've got 75 people... You can now, 76 people, you can stop saying you're a small church. (laughs) And you will probably have somebody that requires loving church discipline. And an aspect of it is indeed to set them out. Now, what about Christians with whom you disagree to shun them? 
Not a chance. No way. Now, are there times when you would not fellowship with somebody and break with them because they are either having too great of an influence on you than you are on them? Yes, but that's just wisdom, not shunning. Furthermore, if it's an essential doctrine, you can't have fellowship with that person. But I don't think that means we have to shun them. It doesn't mean we can ever talk to them, that we can't even be polite to them. I don't think separating from them means that level of shunning. We're to love everybody, including our enemies. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. Well, then, speaking of that, loving. I told you that my tooth hurts today, Jimmy. Your tooth hurt. What happened to your tooth? Thanks for asking. Did you run into the wall again? (laughs) No, but I'm telling you, I got a permanent bruise on my beak because I ran into the wall. (laughs) I do. I mean, you don't even have to look that closely. I like permanently bruised my nose when I walked in front of it, which was it didn't do much for my self-esteem when I realized that my nose is leading everything. It's the it sticks out that far bang into the wall. No, I'm, I, I got the tooth. I'm almost done with the tooth thing. With the uh, what do they call it? The transplant, the implant. Yeah. Yeah. You've been working on that for a year and a half. Oh, it feels like 10. I don't <laughs> mind telling you. I'm thinking I could use a little a little Advil Mickey right about now. The guy was about as gentle as a bull moose. I'm, you know, there's some doctors, the dentists, that are just like so delicate and pristine and soft. Yeah, you're blessed if you have that dentist because, wow. And now, do you know what they did to me today? What did they do? To well, you? thanks for asking. What they did to me today was because they needed my mouth open further than I'm just want to open it up. They shoved a block into my mouth, forcing my mouth open further to just stay there. And then they said, are you comfortable with that? Ah, uh, what are you? How are you supposed to answer? Yeah, how are you supposed to answer that? And then, Friel, we do not need these details. I was reminded, I do believe, i sure there's an issue, a, a medical term for this, an overactive salivary gland. Yes. Yeah. I, I so the, the block of wood is in my mouth. And, and I'm like, like. You know how somebody will like hang a shark mouth on the wall and it's wide open? Okay, that I'm like a bear trap, wide open, just being forced open. And when I would try to swallow, I was like a water fountain. Stuff is shooting out of my mouth. It was, I'm sure they've seen this before, but I was like, well, this is embarrassing. Mm. I, almost, I almost gave the dentist a bath. Is what I'm saying here. I'm a little drooly. Please send questions and thanks for asking. Comments, conundrum, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Noah, who says, Todd, as Christians, I know we're supposed to show love and care even to the worst of sinners because we, too, are the worst of sinners and God showed his love and mercy to us. But in today's world, it seems more and more that love has been conflated with acceptance and approval of one's sinful behaviors. So how can we show love without it coming across as approval? Mm -hmm. Did I mention there's a screw now drilled (laughs) into my gums? No. Did I mention that? That's a tough line to find. And and I think that we, we do need to have the truth and love principle weighing very heavily on us. We are indeed commanded to love our enemies. And people would rightly argue it's not loving to overlook big, bad, ugly things. I agree with you. 
We should be pointing these things out. We should be talking about the sins of a government, of a particular politician. We should be talking to them as best we can with the megaphone that we have. And we should be talking to people that we know that we fear are in danger and are doing evil things. The question really is, because I agree we should be doing that, is when and how do we do that? Do I think that you need to be talking to everybody that you meet who's a sinner now about their sin? No, you can't do that. That's not practical. I think there needs to be a context. And I think that there needs to be consideration about how we speak to them, because we do need to speak the truth. And there is you got to ditch these days. All you are is a truth teller. Hey, you're a murdering, aborting pedophile. You know, they just blast away. And then there's the other side. Well, you know, we all make mistakes. Can't judge me. Again, you know, I don't know how I, but by the grace of God, go I. Okay, hold on. I think both parties are in a ditch. I think that the, the, the particular situation will demand you to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove, and that you use and choose your words very wisely, very thoughtfully, considering whether it's a Christian, a professing Christian, or somebody who's a rank unbeliever. You do want to try to speak the love, uh, truth when appropriate, but it, it just has to be loving. And if we're never speaking truth, if we're never saying anything, then honestly, we're loving people right to hell. And that's wrong, too. Find the balance. And I'll just tell you, it ain't easy. Every situation demands that you use wisdom. I'm thinking of a situation right now. There's there's somebody that I bump into every week who's not a Christian. Do I talk to that person every single time about their need to repent? And do I share the gospel and say, hey, look, uh, what you just told me is really sinful. You need to stop that. No, not every time I bump into them. But there are times when I do. Why? Because sometimes it seems appropriate. There can be timing issues, et cetera, the context, the environment. Just be wise and speak truth and love simultaneously and send your questions or whatever to idea at wretched.org all right this one is from sebastian todd uh dear mr raised to the infinitieth power is that a word it is now (laughs) are uh images and artwork that uses a dove as a representation of the holy spirit outright idolatrous depictions of god Mm, only if you worship it Otherwise, my position on iconography is that it is okay to have images of God as long as they're not worshipped. They're not set up in a bathtub in your backyard for you to pray to it. That's not what we should be doing. I, I, I think that we can be making images of God. We typically, with the Holy Spirit, use the dove because of the baptism of Jesus. And we. I'm just trying to think. What do we use for the Father? People will make pictures of Jesus. What image is ever used in artwork for the Father? Why can I not think of anything? Fire, maybe? Jesus is, if, you, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm just trying to think artistically. Barrett, do you know? Sorry to wake you up over there. 
Do you know what? If somebody's making a painting and they want to show the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they use the Holy Spirit as a dove, Jesus as a bearded man. What? As a lion? Lion? Okay. You've seen that before? Okay. So then it's fine as long as it is not causing you to be confused about who the true and living God is. He's not a painting. He's not a picture. Make sure you're not worshiping it. Make sure you don't pray to it. But short of that, I personally, I just don't think. And here's why, by the way, in case you're wondering, God did manifest himself in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was an image of God. Wait a second. Isn't that what Colossians 1 tells us exactly? He's the physical image of the invisible God. So I do think we have permission. I don't think the prohibition about making graven images forbids paintings, but I do believe it forbids worship. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Thank you for joining us at Wretched Radio today. Did you know there is one simple, convenient location where we've compiled all things Wretched? I'm talking about our full daily 60-minute radio programs, our full daily 30-minute TV episodes, information about our other productions like Road Trip to Truth and Transformed, and a store that contains a ton of amazing resources like Jesus Unmasked, the Drive-By series. It can all be found at Wretched.org. And hey, while you're there, I would urge you to visit our donate page. There you'll find information on a lot of the questions you might have on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner. Now, if you're already a Wretched Gospel Partner, you know we humbly thank you for your efforts in helping us reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not already a Wretched Gospel Partner, talk to your spouse and then prayerfully consider partnering with us. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up many seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries 
you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. Attributes of God God is omniscient, meaning He knows all things. He knows all things past, present, and future. God does not learn new information, and nothing takes Him by surprise. He knows what will happen, and is working all things for His glory, and the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio. What do you want to say? How's about calling one eight seven seven two eight two beep leaving a question, comment, conundrum, snark, or church sign? If you're not familiar with how that works, you see a church sign, you think it's extraordinary, good, bad, or ugly, whatever, just call and leave it. Now, in order to help, I'm talking like Al Gore, rather pedantically. In order to help, this is just my excuse to share with you the tweet that I just got from my buddy Bart in Tennessee. This is the this is the church sign of a Baptist church. God knows who took the catalytic converter off our church van. Praying for you. I like that sign. That's a good one. That's a good example right now. That's a good one. I fear we might not keep that theme going. One eight seven seven two eight two. Church signs, godly mothers are just angels in sweatshirts. No, they're just not. I, I don't know. Is it possible that that was like not good for angels or mothers? <laughs> now, if you want to use the term, mothers are angelic. We get that, but they're not angels. In sweatpants. And by the way, not every mom always wears sweatpants. Okay with the stereotype. Church sign, stop, drop, and roll won't work in hell. <laughs> okay, your dramatic reading aside, sir, uh, pretty much any church sign that involves the word hell, I think I'm down with it because at least, you know, it's got a little to it. Stop, drop, and roll. Ain't going to help you in hell. Now, it would be cool if they added a Bible verse that shared with people how they can escape hell. That might improve it. But overall, I didn't I didn't hate that church sign. This is on the side of a big rig trailer. Brush up on your Bible. It prevents Yeah, the truth decay business. You know, I will say this. I'm really great. There's a lot of over-the-road truckers. They do put Christian symbols on their vehicles. And I think it's, it's cool that they do that. I always think there's a little bit of a danger, however, in putting any sort of Christian symbol on your vehicle. Let's be honest. If you get mad at people for driving like a bonehead, there's a really good chance somebody has been annoyed by you. <laughs> and if you've got that big Christian symbol on the back, wow. I haven't haven't we all done that? Somebody cuts in front of you. Yeah, of course, you're a liberal. You drive a Subaru. Hug the trees. I hope your Birkenstocks last. Well, you know, just we get agitated and we identify our annoyance 
with somebody's belief system. So put them on. Just be really thoughtful and drive very, very carefully. one 282 Hi, Mr. Friel. I've read all the verses. Pick up your cross, follow me, and... Hey, wait a second. This isn't a church sign. Is it... Well, it begins with the letter C. I, see, I can't see the description. Uh, so I thought it was a church sign. So... Need to get you some post-its. We now take a break from our regularly scheduled church sign program. Hi, Mr. Friel. I've read all the verses. Pick up your cross, follow me, and all things have passed away, and all things are becoming new or have become new. What does it mean to be regenerated? Can a person be a Christian without being regenerated? Nope. Nope. Regeneration is what makes you a Christian. You're dead in your sins. God makes you alive. He places you in Christ. He grants you repentance and faith. So regeneration is the only entrance. And please note, it is a gift from God. That is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus, the religious leader. We just posted a YouTube video on this. It's it's really good. It talks about what it means to be born again, to be born from above. And it's me talking to a young man on a campus who kind of Christian, sort of not. And we focused on being born again. The clip shares that Jesus uses that term, you must be born again, born again, born from above, born from above, five times in eight verses. John, in his epistle, uses it six times in quick repetition. It's a big deal. A man, a woman must be born again. Now, sir, because you preambled your question with taking up your cross, following him, What does somebody look like when they've been regenerated? The answer is different. They look different. Now, it doesn't mean that the person who just got saved suddenly has a totally perfect attitude, never desires sinful things, understands everything theologically. No, you have been born of the the Spirit and the water, by the way, which is what Jesus and Nicodemus talk about in John chapter 3. It is alluding back to Ezekiel 40-something when talking about God washing his people that got from above. He's going to wash us. That's why Jesus said, you're, you're the teacher of Israel. You don't know this? You don't, you don't understand what I'm talking about from Ezekiel here? What does it look like when somebody gets saved? Well, there are changes that begin. The change is never going to be complete until you are transported into glory. We are progressively growing in holiness. So this, by the way, it has it has some implications for the subject of church membership. You are confronted with somebody who says, I want to be a member in your church. Okay, what are the requirements to get in? want to be really thoughtful with this. And I truly understand why so many different churches have different models for this, but I think we need to be really careful that we make the standard salvation. I think that you could argue and being baptized because of Acts 2.47, that which is the sign that you have been saved. It's, it's the testimony that says, yep, I am all in with Jesus Christ. I am willing to get dunked in a jacuzzi. I'm his, he's mine. It's salvation. That is the test, that if somebody has been regenerated, born from above, they qualify for church membership. You say, well, what if they've got ongoing sin? I say, if you know about it, ask them about it. So I understand you've got some ongoing sin. Yeah, and I love it. That calls into 
question their testimony. But if they say, I hate it, could you help me with it? Then, then, then it's, it, you just move on because he's willing to wrestle with it. So we need to make sure that as we're considering who qualifies for church membership, the standard is regeneration. That's what all the questions should focus on. So the person, let's just say, approaches you and says, I want to become a member of your church. Are you baptized? No. Are you willing to be? They say yes. You say, cool. We need to get that taken care of straight away. They go, no. I'm not. Okay, hold on. That calls into question your testimony of self. Why wouldn't you be willing to do this? And then if you explain it, they say, yes, you're good to go. But if they remain convinced, no, I don't need to do that. I won't do that. I'm going to look stupid, whatever it is. It calls into question their testimony. Somebody who is born from above, they look different, but they don't look perfect. But their affections have changed. Overall, you could. I think one of the best ways to share a specific example of this is, this is what you used to think about God. Now you think this. This is what you used to think about Christianity. Now you think this. This is what you used to think about the Bible. Now you think this. Now, does that mean that they know the Bible perfectly? They're a perfect? No, it doesn't mean that, but it means their affections have changed. That's what it looks like to be born from above. one 282 Jimmy, I think I've got another non-church sign. Okay. Yeah. You, are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it doesn't begin with the letter CH. Well, then, yeah, you do. one 282 Hey, guys. I had a question about buying all the different types of insurances. Car insurance, homeowner's insurance, etc. Isn't this kind of like buying insurance against God's will? Methinks I know from whence that question emanates. You're wondering, if I buy insurance, is that telling God I don't trust you to keep me safe? And I think the answer is it could, but I don't think it has to necessarily be that conclusion. We live in a risky world. We live in a litigious society, and it's simply wise. It's expensive to get into a car accident, and I and I don't think it's a risky insurance scheme. I think it's just wisdom to get insurance for your car. If you're doubting God in that, well, then you need to repent of that and get your insurance. But otherwise, just be wise and drive very, very carefully. And as long as I brought up the subject of insurance, are you going bonkers with the insurance, the premiums, specifically health? Hoy! Medishare.com slash wretched. Please check it out you will save on average $500 per family. It's not health insurance. It's affordable biblical health sharing where Christians contribute every month and we share one another's burdens. That's what MediShare is about. It could be such a blessing to your family. Visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Check it out. Make sure that it's going to be right for your family. And then give them a holla, 1-844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. It'll take you two minutes. They will give you a quote, and you then can decide, huh, looks like MediShare is just the ticket. Jimmy? Yes? We're ending the program. On your holla. With a commercial. (laughs) And and on the holla. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.